the end of the story, then the story of Yishmael and, um, not Yishmael, of Eliezer finding a shidduch for Yitzchak, right? Uh, so he did it. He found the shidduch, but then the story has an ending. Uh, the ending has interest in and of itself, where Eliezer goes to Lavan, Rivka's brother, and Betuel, their father, and, you know, he has to close the deal. After he, he feels he's discovered the woman that he was sent to find, but he has to close the deal. So this is what it says in the Chumash. If you look at the sheet, Vata im yeshchem osim chesed ve'emet. Chesed ve'emet. You know, that's, uh, that, uh, that's called an asindatan. A chesed ve'emet. Chesed shel emet. It's like even better than chesed. Uh, I, I, I've told you several times that, that this kind of, sometimes the vav, the vav that's between the two words is an asindatan. It doesn't mean A and B, but it means A of the B variety. So like this regular chesed, and then there's super chesed. Super chesed is chesed ve'emet which is, uh, in, the, in the book of Dvarim, this phrase, it's cold. You have to put it up to about 100 degrees, otherwise it doesn't really know what it's supposed to do. Do it? I think you have to close it and open it, no? It doesn't understand. What? You have to close it, and then you open it, I think. Oh, you see, it's always good to have a distraction. <laughs> no, no, just, uh, no. I think that's how it works. You have to. The new directive has to go into the memory, and then you have to turn it off and on again. Yes, you didn't do it though. Is it just, it's cold. Not freezing, you know. It's not a refrigerator, but what? No, you have to turn it off. You're not turning it off. Turn it off and then turn it on again. Now, what? Look, if I hadn't given a shear when I was young, I would have become an air conditioning technician. If this doesn't work, then try a different mode. If this doesn't work, try a different mode. Yeah, try uh, which mode? They have pictures, right? Yeah, I, this is the mode I'm trying because you're on a fan. No, no, that's no good. No good? Okay. No. Let's try a different one. Then. I guess that, that would... Uh, another one. Show me the other ones. That, try that. You think that one? That looks like a little fire burning. It's not on yet. You see, that's what happened. I so I went into giving shiurim, so I can give a shiur now, but I can't fix the air conditioning, which is unfortunate. Okay, it's not. It's better without it. Yeah, it's better without it. Excellent. Thank you, doctor. You did a wonderful job. I could see that. You know, if you hadn't got into medicine, you would have. Uh, I just want to say that this combination of words, chesed ve'emet, is very significant in the Torah. Right? Chesed ve'emet is something that you refer to God in that way. Chesed is, is beyond uh, what you expect. But emet is the highest level of anything. You know, emet is... Um, is uh, like the purest term that you could use when you talk about action. Chesed ve'emet. Et Adoni hagidu li. V'imlo tagidu li. al yamin al So this is what Eliezer says. Either you're going to let me take Rivka, or um, I'll look elsewhere. I'll look elsewhere. And Rashi says, Al yamin mi benot Yishmael. Val smol mi benot lot shehaya yoshev lismolo shel Abraham. So uh, Yishmael and Lot are not um, oh, are not exactly Canaanites. 
I'm not. What happened? Oh, this is uh, this is yours. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. It's like a confusing evening. Right, I'll put. I'm gonna pull it together now. So, so al yamin al simol. So Eliezer saying to himself, there is an option back in Eretz Canaan, even though Avram Avinu told him, I don't want you to to make, find him a wife who is a Canaanite. But apparently Lot and Yishmael were exceptions because they had a strong connection to Avram Avinu. And so Rashi says, al yamin mi Lot Yishmael. So there's a kind of a hidden story here. Like somehow, Lot, if you go back over the story of Lot, and you try to decide whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, he comes out to be a bad guy. However, he had learned something from the house of Abraham. And when the angels come to Lot in Sodom, he does a mitzvah of hachnasat orchim. He takes them in. So you can't say that it had no effect on him. It probably didn't have enough of an effect on him, but you can't say no effect. The same thing is true about Yishmael, because we already mentioned the fact that, according to Chazal, Yishmael did tshuva. Right? We went to bury his father. Yishmael and Yitzchak buried the father, so there was this idea that somehow Yishmael uh, uh, did, did tshuva. So, Second level, Eliezer kind of says to Lavan and Betuel, look, you have to decide. But if you decide against it, I have an option. I... Pasuk Nun. Vayan Lavan u Betuel. Vayomru. Ve'ashem yatsah ha'davar. Lo nuchal daber ilecha ra otov. So, so they answer him. Together, of course, first Lavan and then Yish- and then Betuel. Rashi says, "Rasha hayakol feitz lo shiv aviv." That this is, um, after all, you would not ordinarily do this. I mean, the son would not take priority over the father. How do you close it? I'd have to move to another room. Oh, excellent. He says, "Vayan lavanu betuel." Lavan was the son, and betuel was the father. So how come Lavan shtupzacharain? You know, like there are people like that. So Rashi says, "Rashaya." He didn't understand about kibud av. He didn't know about kibud av. So it's a kind of a, a what do I care about Lavan and betuel? But it's kind of a warning. Whereas Yishmael and and Lot came from a household where they learned the right thing to do. Rivka came from a household where she learned the, learned the wrong thing to do. Because this kind of kibbutz avaim is a kind of trivial thing. Like, you know, who should stand us, who speak first. I mean, that, you know, not such a difficult thing to undertake. <coughs> so again, there's this idea. But suddenly... And this is the point that, of this uh, that we're, we're going to discuss. Vayomru, they spoke together, even though Lavan went first and then Betuel, but they said something together. And what was that? Me'ashem Me'ashem This is all God's work. Yudkei means the God we know, not the God of idolatry. The God that we know. So I, I so there's a there's a kind of a medrash, a yalkut, a collection called Mayan Ganim, which is referenced in the Torah Shlema of Rabbi Kasher. I don't know if you ever seen that book, but it's a kind of a you know what the Torah Tmima is a collection of agadot and or chazal statements and commentaries. Uh, the the Kasher is like a super. Torah Tmima, you know, like, so he quotes a medrash, but of course I've never seen it, because he quotes it Miktav Yad, which means he personally had this manuscript in his house, and he quotes it, it was never published, so you, uh, you so we have to believe him, so we believe him, uh, uh, because he did it a lot, and no one ever caught him, so we believe it, what does it say in the medrash, it says, 
the Medrash says? It means that Lavan and Betuel were believers. They, what are they saying? Kim Hashem He said they believe. He said, Aloheim of the Zarah, In other words, the Medrash that I'm quoting, called Mayan Ganim, indicates that this is really a kind of an impossible statement. How could Lavan Ubetuel say ki ki say Hashem How could they say that? What do they What do they mean? If they're idolaters, and the rest of the pasuk is Lo Nuchal Daberi Lecha Tovora, we will we 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 can't do anything. I mean, whatever you say, uh, it's like a deal. Really, as it comes, it says that we have a deal. And they say, of course you have a deal. You're in charge. So, uh, Rashi says, that Lavan rushed in before Betuel because he was, that's a sign of, of a bad person. Someone that doesn't recognize the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim, which you know is a kind of a universal idea. Not that everybody uh, adheres to it, but everybody knows about it. Everybody knows that the right thing to do is to have kavod la'av la'aim. Lo nuchal daberi lecha Rashi says, Laman bedavar hazeh, lo yidei tshuvat davar rav, o yidei tshuvat davar tov, lefi shenikashem Hashem yetzah davar, lefi divarecha shezimna lecha. In other words, Rashi says, Rashi says, when, when they said where they said, Hashem so Rashi says, You said that God sent you. You said that this is the hand of God. So we, what are we supposed to do? We can't do anything. It's still, according to Rashi, we're left with this feeling, we're left with this feeling that, that they are extending themselves in giving honor to a God that they don't worship, as it says in the Yalkut Mayan Ganim. So this problem, this problem is a problem that we'd like to address. And I'd like to first quote two uh, statements of Chazal. The first statement of Chazal is here, and uh, the second, the third, uh, the third quote is, Vasechen Moed Katan, Dav Yudchet Amudbet. Achi Amar Rebbe, Mishum Rabbi Ruvain Ben Itzjobeli. You see it? Min HaTorah, Umin HaNevi'im, Umin HaKtuvim. There's a posseg in the Torah, there's a posseg in the Nevi'im, there's a posseg in the Ketuvim. Me'ashem Isha Le'ish. That all Shiduchim come from God. All Shiduchim come from God. Min HaTorah. Dichtiv, Vayan Lavanu B'Tuel, Vayomru, Me'ashem Yatsadava. Me'ashem Yatsadava, in other words, it's a shidduch. Yitzchak and Rivka is a shidduch. Who makes shidduchim? Ma'ashem yatsah Okay, that's what we're interested in. This is the other psukim that he quotes. But, but what would you say about this interpretation? What kind of interpretation is it? So if you look at the first Rashi in the Chumash, the first Rashi in the Chumash, Breshit Barah, Elohim et Aretz, Rashi explains what the difference between Pshat and Drash is. The, the difference of Shat and Drash, according to Rashi. Uh, you know, someone else could say something else, but Rashi has a very clear notion of what the difference of Shat and Drash is. So Pshat means, according to Rashi, when you explain the words in the Pasuk as they appear. Like, you know, there's a Pasuk, like you make the boundaries of the idea are the Pasuk, and therefore, the whole pasuk should make sense. Like it should make sense. What's a drash? When you take the words out of context, and you say, they're not talking about the pasuk, but they're talking about themselves. So that this interpretation, here in the Gemara, of Rav Ruvain ben Aristobuli, is clearly a drash. Because, what does he say? What does he say about those words that Lavan and Betuel said that Me'ashem Yatsah Davar? He's not talking about what's going on. He's not talking about 
yes, saying yes or saying no, agreeing or disagreeing. What is he telling us? Some kind of generalized lesson that does not have any particular connection to what's going on. It has a sub-connection, but no real connection. He's telling us some truth that Lavan and Betuel were not aware of. They themselves didn't know what they were saying, if they said it. I mean, I, that, uh, that part of it I had to clarify with the Amora and the Gemara. So when they said, they were teaching us that all Shidduchim are divinely inspired. That's what they're teaching us. What's that got to do with Lavan and Betuel? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's like you take the words out of context, you put them up on the wall, and you say, what could those words possibly mean? Ma'ashem yatsadavar. You say, oh, they mean, they mean that God makes Shidduchim. Why did Lavan and Betuel say that? I don't know. But that doesn't interest me. What interests me is that they are in the Torah, that those words are in the Torah. And if I have to explain them as though they are not connected to the greater pasuk that they find themselves in, okay, that's called a drash. That's a legitimate way of understanding what the Torah says. So that's one. That's one thing. So the solution to the problem in the Mayan Ganim, how come Lavan and Betuel suddenly became Jewish theologians? Well, they didn't. How come the phrase is in the Pasuk? Well, it comes to teach us something general. That all Shidduchim are made in heaven. Okay, great. Sounds like a good title for a small book, like paperback or something. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's what the Gemara says. Now, there's one other medrash. I want one other statement of Chazal. And that's the Bereshit Rabbah that's found right under that. Vayan lavanu betuel v'yamru me'ashem yatsa davar. So the, the medrash says, me'echan yatsa. What do you mean, Hashem Yatsa means there's a point that you could point to, at least that's what the Medrash says. There's something you could point to that says, that's where it's Yatsa Hadavar. Over there. So what does the Medrash say? Omar, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Dechemia, B'Shem Rabbi Chanina, Bar Yitzchok, Mihar HaMoriah Yatsa. Har HaMoriah. What's Har HaMoriah? No? I mean, a few other things, but I mean, that's what we just had. We just had Akedat Yitzchak. So we're not going to ignore that. So look, at the end of the parasha of Akedat Yitzchak, what? Akedat Yitzchak is in Perikapet. It's not on the sheet. But the Psukim... The Psukim, after Akedat Yitzchak, at the end of the parasha of Vayera, say, Vayihi acharet zvorim ve'ele, Vayugad la'avraham le'mor. Remember? Ah, yefeh. Hinei yalda milka gamhi banim lenachor achicha. Et utz bechorov et buzachi. You know, these are, I never heard anybody give a child these names. No, why? I mean, it's in the Torah. Utz bechorov et buzzochi vet kmuel afi aram vet keset vet chazor vet pildash vet yidlaf vet bituel bituel. Right? So we got the bituel as a familiar name, and then it says, "O bituel yaladet rifka shmona ela yadam milka lenachorachi Abraham." And therefore, the medrash says, "Meharamir Maria yatsa." What happened at Haram Moriah? Akedat Yitzchak. Akedat Yitzchak was a statement of faith. Avram Avinu and Yitzchak. And then what does the Torah say? What does the Torah say? Which Avram Avinu did not say to, to Eliezer, but it's in the Torah that the Shidduch for Yitzchak was born, she was born right after Akedat Yitzchak. That's what it says in the Pasuk. Right there. I mean, what other reason could there be for this genealogy to be put into the Torah? So they, they are Moraim. The Moraim and the Breshit Rabbah, he says, So again, 
Again, the words, according to this interpretation, the words, Hashem come to teach us that this was the intended shidduch, and that Eliezer must have known that it was the intended shidduch, and so Hashem is that that this is the right thing. There's no better. Even though Eliezer said, oh, you mean well small, I could go and find Lot, or I can go and find Yishmael, but we know that this was, this was the intended shidduch. So this is the background. Chazal and Rashi all explain, all explain that Hashem Yetzadavar somehow relates to us, but not to the story. It's not really in the story. It's, it's written in the story, but it's not really, it's not really there. So there are two commentaries that I'd like to, um, that I'd like to look at. One is the Malbim, who was a very interesting personality, lived in the 19th century, and because he was an interesting personality, um, he had difficulty keeping a job. And even though he was a great scholar, right, uh, he, he had original ideas, and therefore the Balabatim, you know, it's, it's customary that the Balabat, it's not uncommon that the Balabatim are more conservative than the rabbi. I mean, in terms of the way they want to do things. The Balabatim always want to do it the same way. Whatever the same way is. Rabbis, they come up with interesting ideas about, they're, they're much more prone to changing things. I'm talking about a place where everybody is committed to halacha. Those are about places where the halacha itself is a problem. So here's the Malbin. 19th century, didn't I say? Oh, where? In some town with a German name. Um, it'll come to me, maybe. But you could Google it. I mean, information, you should never ask for information because it's on the internet someplace. What? Where? No, no, he wasn't impressed. That was the Chamsef who was impressed with. Now look, this is to what the, the Malbin says. Amrulo. You see me, Hashem Yitzadavar. Amrulo. Achashedavar zehaya inyan hashgachi uvederech nes. Since this whole story of this Shidduch obviously is under the aegis of God, and miraculous, Derechnes, Shenizdamein, Shetetzerifka v'tishkehagmalin, Kanal, in other words, she just happened to be there with the sheep, and she wanted to get the water, right, so that's called a nes, right, uh, a particular combination of events that statistically might not have happened, you know, somebody else might have come, or she might not have come, so he says, "Vatishken, vatishkeh hagemalim kanal." Then came, "Hu kulo hashgachi, velo kedavar hataloi b'mazal shelafamim yeshune al yedei habechira." So you see, in his theology, there was something called hashgacha, divine watchfulness. And then there was something else called mazal. Mazal is the mazalot is the Hebrew word for constellations. And you may be aware of the fact that there was a time when people used to like look at heaven and try to figure out what was going to be. So uh, mazalot appear in in our tradition as well in different ways. So the Malbim says that Betuel and Lavan. But to Elavad said, if it was a question of mazal, then we would be able to handle it. We would have an opinion. But since obviously God is in charge of this story, so we don't have an opinion. Third line. Because if it was dependent on mazal, so mazal could be affected. Mazal, mazalot could be affected by what I do. Right, I Lavan or I Betuel. Ki eina bechira shaletet neged puulat Hashem bashgacha miyuchedet. 
That's like a theology. He says, Bechira. What does Bechira mean? Free will action. Like, doesn't offset, doesn't offset Hashkachami Yuchedet. This is a term that comes from, from the Rambam also. That is, that the, according to the Rambam, there's general Hashkacha. Like, God is in charge. The big picture belongs to God. How things will all turn out, that belongs to God. But the course of it, we talk about Hashkacha Pratit. The watchfulness of God over the action of an individual. So the Rambam says, well, it depends on the individual. If a person is a great tzaddik and connected to God, then of course God will be more watchful. And if he's never, like he says, uh, he said Zayid. You know Zayid? Zayid is the Arabic John Doe. Zayid. So he says, if Zayid walks along and steps on a cockroach, it's hard to say that that cockroach had it coming because God decided that it had it coming. It was the Rambam feels that even though there is Hashkacha Pratit, it's not a universal concept that we can work with. We can't all say, I am so righteous that God is certainly concerned about me, so when I cross the street, I better look to the right and the left. Right? If I was that tzaddik, so I assume I wouldn't have to look to the right or the left. But if he was really a tzaddik, he would be worried about other people watching him, and he would look to the right or the left anyway. But, but so, so again, what he says, what the Malvin says is that Lavan and Betuel were aware of the relationship of God to the world. And they said, if it was Mazal, if it was something... A, a, a lesser kind of force that's dominating the world, then we would have an opinion. And if we'd say no, it would be no. we say yes, it would be yes. We could make a deal. We could, we could make a financial deal about it. But since it's hashkacha, since it's hashkacha, so, uh, so we have nothing to say. Well, that's in the case of belief in... What? That indicates a belief in Hashem. Isn't it? For, for, okay. Otherwise, why would they care? So, in other words, the Malbim has to deviate from the position of the other Medrashim in order to explain the Pasuk. It was the Malbim, the Malbim wants to get back to Pshat. Rashi says, Drash means you take Vashem out of the Pasuk as though Betuel and Levan never said it. The Malbim doesn't seem to like that because it says in the Pasuk that they said it. So how could you explain it? So this is how he explains it. He gives them theological knowledge that we have no reason to imagine that they had. But that's what he does. And he says, Again, in Cain, at the end of the third line, Hagam, They say, even though we would never agree to such a shidduch, like what do we need to send our poor uh, sister off to... Uh, to be God worshippers or to be Avram Avinu, uh, uh, you know, teeny boppers. Uh, we don't need that. We realize that this is what has to be. This has to be, we don't have an option either to do a, a bad thing and say no shidduch or do good thing and say yes shidduch. So what we're doing is we're not saying anything. So the, so the Malbim says it would seem that who should have taken precedence it should, uh, Betuel should have answered first and not Lavan. Rashi says that this was a lack of kibur avaim, right? That that uh, that uh, Lavan was simply not a a good guy. But he says something else. He says if they're giving uh, giving in, Lavan Betuel are giving in and they're saying Rivka can marry Yitzchak. So who marries the daughter off? So he says the father. So certainly, forget about Kibbutz Avaim, but just from the arrangement that's going on, the father is the one should have answered, right? The Kabel Kiddushay Bitov Lo Mahen Olav. 
So there are now four lines from the bottom. Aval kfi devarosha ain galui etolui bedato klal ki davaz enigmal yedashkecha me saperevuta shegam lavan sheyesho el betrafin v'lo yama amin bekol zot amin bedavar hazeh. So that that uh, it should have gone first. Who should have gone first? Betuel. But since it's out of his hands. It was like he can't marry off his daughter. In other words, from heaven, it's been decided that she is going to marry Yitzchak. So, so Betuel doesn't have an opinion. So Betuel doesn't have an opinion. So the Torah comes and teaches something else by saying first Lavan and then Betuel. And that, that is that even Lavan, who was a well-known bad guy, right, who was an Oved Avodah Zarah, Shekamu Shoel Betrafim, Trafim is the word that's used for the little statues that Rivka stole, or Rachel stole, right? That Rachel stole. He certainly didn't believe in God. But he did believe in this. So you have uh, the Malbim, a complete about face in terms of telling the story, which of course has to do, has to do with the, uh, the period in which the Malbin lived. Uh, what? Fighting against reform. A reform or, or academic uh, study like Wellhausen and his ilk. Uh, sometimes the reform and the university were the same. The same people were reform rabbis and professors in the, in the university. And they, uh, they like to say that the Torah was not... Uh, was not uh, a systematically written book. And one of the proofs for that is that pieces did not connect to other pieces. Uh, and so, the, and the proof that the pieces didn't connect to each, to each other, in this case, is the explanation in the Gemara, the explanation in the Medrash Rabbah. I mean, they, they had proofs that, the, that even the Chachamim thought they didn't connect. So, along comes the Malbim and said, if you want to explain Pshat, and what does Pshat mean according to Rashi? The words in order, the words making sense, that if Betuel and Lavan said, Hashem Yatzah, so it, it actually means that's what they said. And if you ask me, how could they say that, like the Mayan Ganim says, how could they be uh, in that kind of position? So they would say, look, they can. They did recognize the fact. And there is, you know, evidence, there's a lot of evidence to say that in the ancient world, People, people had gods that they worshipped, and they recognized the fact that in other geographic locations there may have been other gods that were dominant. Right? We know the story. We know the story of the Kutim, the story of the Kutim who were brought to Eretz Israel after uh, the Assyrian exile in 722 BCE, who became the Kutim, became the Samaritans. Kutim became the Samaritans, and they were in Eretz Yisrael. They were attacked by lions. I don't know where these lions went to. They don't seem to be around anymore. But in those days, they were a problem, the lions. So, because they were these guys who were brought in from the islands in the Mediterranean, maybe places like Crete, and, and they lived in Eretz Yisrael, because the Assyrians had this idea that if you move populations around, the result will not be, uh, the people who live in a new country are not so likely to revolt in order to maintain their hold on the land. So they move populations around. There along came the lions. The lions uh, would create a danger for the Samaritans, Kutim, and they all decided to accept the God, the local God, the God of Israel. So they became Jews on their own terms. They didn't convert, but they accepted the Torah and the Halakha, and those are the ancestors of the Samaritans that exist to this day. Not too many of them. Not too many of them, because uh, I guess, unlike unlike Jews, who have to register for, uh, for marriage, and they check in to see with the Samaritans, it's not such a big problem. They have their own Baked in, even though there's not too many of them, and they just 
intermarry. They marry Israelis, and their children end up Israelis and not Samaritans. I don't know how that works exactly, but it doesn't matter. So it was possible to connect uh, uh, the service of God to a location in Eretz Yisrael, okay, in Babel, okay. But what if you're dealing with Eliezer, who's coming from Eretz Canaan, representing the God of Canaan, and Avram Avinu, so it may be that for this purpose of the Shidduch, the God of Israel has dominion even in Babel. And while it doesn't mean that Betuel and Lavan are going to change their religion, they accept the fact that in a particular instance, the God of Canaan or the God of Avram Avinu might have dominion even outside of Eretz Yisrael in Bavel. And so he says, That's what they say. They say, Like, we don't have, we don't have dominion. We're not owners or deciders. You decide whatever you want. Uh, uh, okay. So you see that in the hundreds of years that passed from the time of the Gemara, when saying that this was a drash, until the Malbim saying, I've got to find Pshat, Rehab Pshat in the Pasuk, uh, um, you know, these two, these two positions continue to exist. Both interpretations, in my, to my mind, have difficulties. They're not obvious. Neither of them is obvious. But the discussion, the discussion is interesting. So now, finally, I want to look with you at something that was written by the Kedushas Levi. Kedushas Levi, the Badichev, right? Levi Yitzchak of Badichev wrote, wrote on Parashat HaShavu, and it's collected in a book called Kedushat Levi. But before we learn the Kedushat Levi, there's just one pasuk more that we have to look at, and that's the, sec- the last pasuk. You see, it said there's Nun, Nur Aleph, Nun Bet, and then Samach Gimel. It's sort of like, like it, there should be a space before Samach Gimel. But you know that Samach Gimel, the story turns to, there's Eliezer, he takes Rivka, and he starts going back to his home in Eretz Canaan. Then there's a switch in the story, right? Scene, the scene changes. The scene changes to Yitzchak. Here's Yitzchak, he's alone, he's lonely. His mother is dead. He, he venerates her, uh, her memory, because no one else goes into her tent, and then Yitzchak Lasuach Basadek. This uh, is a difficult phrase. Yitzchak went out to have a conversation in the field. So you know that uh, Chazal say, and here Rashi quotes Lasuach Basadek Lishon Tfilah. Chazal say that at this point Yitzchak invented Mincha. Yitzchak invented Mincha, which means, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that he invented Shmona Esrei of Mincha, which is exactly the same as Shmona Esrei of Shachrit. But it means that he invented the time, that this was a time for davening. And Avram Avinu invented davening in the morning, and Yitzchak invented davening in the afternoon. Later on, Chazal connected davening to the Korban Tamid. Every day in the Beit HaMikdash, there was a Korban that was given, an Olah, uh, a Korban that was completely consumed on the Mizbeah, one was given in the morning and one was given in the afternoon. So Chazal say that, that we daven Shacharit and Mincha as a somehow memory, in memory of the fact that, uh, uh, that the Korban was given in the morning and the afternoon. But there's another tradition in Chazal that the davening itself, that we daven in the morning, we daven in the afternoon, connected to Avraham and Yitzchak. So this Pasuk, so, 
we introduce the story of this romantic meeting between Yitzchak and Rivka, right? I mean, you don't have to say it was romantic, but you could say that it was romantic. You know, look, it depends on your inclination. But I'm not dealing with that right now. I just want you to know that this is the introduction. The introduction by Yitzchak Yitzchak Yitzhak went out to the field to Davin. That's what he did. Chazal say he invented Mincha. Yitzchak invented Mincha. Now let's look at the Kedushat Levi. Let's look at the Kedushat Levi. The Kedushat Levi says this. It, it's, it's kind of like a, a wondrous thing. Listen to what he says. Haklal. Hachna'a mevi atzvut. When somebody has to give in, when you don't do it because you want to do it, whatever it is, when you're not an independent thinker, so that creates sadness. That's what sadness is. That's the, the root of sadness. That you can't make a decision. That something is preventing you. Either something outside of you, physical preventing you, physically preventing you, or something inside of you. You just can't do it. So that creates atzvut. She'ein biyadol asot no u'kecheftso that a person can't really act in the way that he wants to act. Right? This is like, you know, those of you psychologists know all about this. But people, people are able to think straight and act crooked. That sometimes happens. Or people are able to uh, to know, they know what they should be doing, but they're not able to do it. And when they're not able to do it, the Kedushat Levi said, that's what sadness is. He's not able. He's not able to speak up. He's not able to act up. He, 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 he's immobilized. He's immobilized someplace. And he wants to say something. He wants to tell his fellow something. What he thinks, what he wants to do. He can't do it. He can't do it. But, but, he says, you would think that it that it's the same, but it's not the same. He says, if a person accepts the authority of God, if a person decides that he wants to act in accordance with the divine demand, he says, then he calls that, and he who davuk as davuk So he is with God, and being with God is. Being with the Makor HaSimcha. And we know that mitzvot, that the Torah tells us several times, that there's a special obligation to keep the mitzvot simcha, Right? At the end of the parasha of Kitavo. So what does that mean to do the mitzvot b'simcha? When you shake a lulav and esher, you have to laugh. When you eat a matzah, you have to giggle. Not a good idea. And, and So what's b'simcha? So he says b'simcha is simple. Simcha is when you are the best that you could possibly be. That's called simcha. When there's total neutralization between what you want and what you do. It's the same. And being close to God is kind of an overriding statement that describes that. Close to God means I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm listening to God because I think it's the right thing to do. All of that, right? Uh, the third line, So that's like, you know, it's like going to a wedding. You go to a wedding, it's often true that you go to a wedding, you're happy. It doesn't, you don't have to, it's not always true that you know the Khatan and the Kala so well. But the idea of a wedding is, is sort of uh, 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 the idea that things are as they should be. You know that, that there's a family being born and there'll be children and there's a future and so that makes you happy. It makes you happy because that's our enterprise, right? Our enterprise is the Jewish people. Everybody individually in a family, but at a chatuna, at a wedding, you suddenly feel that the enterprise is doing well 
that the stocks have risen, right? And when the stocks go up, you feel good. You feel good about that. It says, uh, So when you're close to God, those are the words that he uses, So Listen to this. He says, why was Yitzchak named Yitzchak? Why wasn't the angel told Sarah that his name is going to be Yitzchak? According to the Kedushat Levi, because Yitzchak, it's a chok, right? It's, it's connected to Simcha. The Yitzchak Lashon Simcha. V'suach, Lashuach, there's a word in Hebrew, Lashuach. Shuach means to bow. To bow. Lashuach means to speak. But Lashuach means to bow. So he says, well, look, look at the same word. It says Lashuach, Lashon Hachna'a. What do you mean you bow? You give in. You accept authority. You accept the other position. That's hachna'a. Besadeh. The Pesach says, Lashuach basadeh, ki sadeh mechuna lakedusha. Ukeshahachna'a hu bifnei akedusha, mizeh yatsei sason v'simcha. So he said, he said like an interesting, has an interesting, uh, uh, a psychological insight is when a person accepts authority against his will that causes depression when a person accepts authority that he that is within the context of his will it's what he really wants that causes that causes simcha causes simcha he says, the difference in man and God is that when man is beaten, he's sad. But when God is beaten, menatschin otohu sameach. The Hainu Kimamachamim, a Kodesh Bochu goes exera, Vitzadikim Mivatlim. This is what the Gemara says. That sometimes God decides to punish the people or the nation or the, the world. Vitzadikim, Vitzadikim Mivatlim. And the Tzadikim Davin. And the punishment is, is offset. And so a Kodesh Bochu, a Kodesh Bochu, uh, is happy. Happy to, that the tzaddikim are making demands on HaKadosh Baruch now. He says, V'hinei kshakadosh Baruch Hu kivyachol minahego lamokir tsono kivyachol hu laatzmo v'kashakadosh Baruch Hu minahego lamokir tsono tzaddikim kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu noteatzmo l'ritzon ha-tzaddikim. So, what was it? What was it that Lavan and Bituel were saying. What was it that Lavan and Bituel were saying when they spoke to Eliezer? When they spoke to Eliezer and they said, and they said, May Hashem Hadavar. They were saying that God was answering the prayer of the Tzaddik. It was Avram Avinu. And when Avram Avinu when Avraham Avinu wanted so much that the Shidduch for Yitzchak should be proper, should be properly organized and defined. So Betuel and Lavan, they realized, they realized that, that this was the highest form, right, the highest form of, of a human divine interaction. What's the highest form of human divine interaction? The Hachna, the, the kind of, divine acceptance of the human directive. Uh, this is an idea that in Hasidut was very popular, that tfilot, that, that tfilot are meaningful, and if tfilot are meaningful, the tfilot, the tzaddik, is more meaningful than, than you could even imagine. And so, Betuel and Lavan understood, they understood that, that what was happening here, what, what the dynamic was, 
that Avram Avinu was making a demand upon heaven and that that demand upon heaven was being responded to and therefore, therefore they couldn't, uh, they couldn't do anything. And that's why the story of Yitzchak meeting with Rivka begins with this idea of a lasuach basadeh that Yitzchak understood that Yitzchak understood that that this was a time of great simcha because the hachnaah this idea of giving in to the will of of uh, of Avram Avinu of marrying the girl that was produced by the by his father was really was really an expression of of the greatest simcha imaginable where the uh, tefillah of Avram Avinu was answered was answered in the context of the conversation between Betuel, Lavan and and Eliezer. And so the story of Yitzchak waiting for Rivka had to father and the story of David and Mincha, so Yitzchak wanted to imitate. He wanted to be like his father, right? It's what the Pasuk says in um, in the case of Akedat Yitzchak. Yitzchak had this understanding that the best he could be would to be was to be like his father, was to be like Avram Avinu. So he went out to Davin. He went out to Davin not because there was an obligation to Davin, but because Davining was uh, uh, the success of Avram Avinu in creating the Shidduch was part of the of the Davening itself. So we see uh, these two approaches about Pshat that according to both the Malbim and the Kedushat Levi, uh, Lavan and Betuel understood that it was out of their hands. According to the Malbim, they understood that there's Hashkacha. He likes that word, that divine watchfulness, that divine watchfulness was was involved, and therefore they had no role to play. Kima Hashem the father did not act like a father, and the brother did not like as a brother. They had no role at all to play in the face of the obvious hashkacha of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The kedushat Levi says, the kedushat says and implies that what's happening is what's happening is that the control of the situation originates with Avram Avinu. It originates with Avram Avinu. That that. Tzaddikim evaklim, that Tzaddikim have this ability to determine the course of events. And so when Yitzchak went out to Davin before he met Rivka, it was a statement that Yitzchak said, I understand what's going on and I would like to be, I would like to be like my father. Next week the Shia will be here. But in two weeks it's going to be in the Ramban Shul. On Wednesday night, yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, two weeks it'll be on Wednesday night, the Rabban Shul. If you don't get the notices from us and you'd like to get them, just give me your email on a, on a separate piece of paper and I'll send them to you. Have a good Shabbos.